One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people, sharing uplifting news stories, and delivering tips and tricks to bring balance to your lives. Right, I'll, I will launch us into it. Uh, I'll, do, I'll do the intro already where I've said we are joined with the greatest. I, I know that that winds you up, <laughs> which is wonderful. Uh, Sean Walsh. Now, go on. James, you have to. All right, fine. You know what? I'll do it for the first time ever. I'll do it where I don't have to do an intro uh, alone, which is how I've done every single other episode. So we'll we'll go straight into it. Uh, hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. First ever. Uh, we are joined by, put it this way, <laughs> at the top of a mountain. The mountain is called Mount Comedy. At the top of that mountain, there is a tree. The tree is called the laughter tree. Beneath that tree is a treasure chest. You open the chest, there is a picture of Sean Walsh. <laughs> We're joined with uh, Sean Walsh, one of the, uh, not just one of the finest stand-ups, one of the most naturally funny people uh, I've ever met. Sean, God bless you, thank you for your time. Uh, no, why was I not in the chest? Why was I not in the chest? Why no, 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 yeah, I want you to be all right. If you were in the chest, you'd have suffocated. Um, okay, fine. Now... What's your take at the moment with lockdown? Is this the beginning of the end? Is this merely lulling us into a false sense of security before the second wave? Uh, What's your take on where we're at? Well, it's just that the, the, um, have you just, have you seen the eat out to help out? Mate, I mean, what are they doing there? So, so here we go. So this is, it's interesting, right? Because I, I saw the eat out to help out and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to admit this, but I didn't think nothing, nothing occurred to me. And that there was a problem with this. I didn't see a problem. Nothing. I didn't even think anything. I just, right. That's the slogan. And then you click on the tweet and it drops down. Bam, 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 bam. And one of those, the poke comes up and it, it says, um, eat out to help out. And everyone had the same response. And I thought, God, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm, am I, what am I completely brain dead? What is, what am I missing? And I was looking at it, trying to think, I want to get it before I see it. What is it? It can't be like, it can't be cunnilingus. Is it cunnilingus? Is this the problem that everyone has? And then I looked and the, the problem is cunnilingus. And I thought, hang on a second, everyone else should grow up. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if Sean Walsh is saying everyone else should grow up, then everyone else should definitely grow up. <laughs> I thought grow up. It works. 
Peter out to help her. You could grow up. I couldn't lie. I just thought it can't be that. It can't be that. A fully grown adult eat me out to help me out. I mean, what? But but don't forget this. But this ties into a thing that we've talked about before. That is just an example of everyone piling on. Because I imagine a lot of people secretly saw it and thought the same as you. What else do you want? It works, doesn't it? The whole thing doesn't rhyme. But out and out, eat out to help, to help out. I, mean, I don't think you could... I think, basically, I think it's perfect. <laughs> I mean, absolutely spot on. I think Rishi Sunak needs to know that he's got your endorsement. <laughs> Probably not a good thing. That is that is mad how it, it, you know this this you know whether you're Labour or Tory or whatever you know I, I, for the yes. point I'm making I don't care. But the yes. point I'm making is this is a government that is obviously criticised by a lot of people. Yet for whatever reason, Rishi Sunak. He's coming out of this like some sort of immaculate Nigel Havers character. It's his, do you know what I think a huge, I completely agree. And I think a huge part of that is his face. Yeah. Do you know what he looks like? Go on. He looks like the assist, he looks like he could play the assistant that we actually like to the bad guy in a Disney film. Which is what he is. <laughs> and he actually looks like what he is. He, what I would say, he has a very, he has a very kindly, smiley face. He's, he, he is, again, taking politics out of it, he, he has a likeable aura. And again, Dominic Raab does not have a likeable face. No, absolutely not. And I'm not being... Yeah, you're completely... Yeah. This is me, you know, taking this to uh, almost like a... a, a Dominic level. Dominic Raab, on the other hand, looks like he'd be perfectly cast as one of the agents that stands behind Agent Smith in The Matrix. Totally. And totally. And, and Sunak would, would look at with no disrespect to him, absolutely ridiculous, stood behind Agent Smith. You'd be going, what is that guy with the big eyes and the big friendly grin and the big... Do you know, he also, he's got big eyes, which is where the Disney comparison comes yeah. in. Because he reminds me, and I don't mean this in, offense, in an offensive way at all, but he reminds me of Ratatouille. What, the big eyes? Yeah, because he's sort of got... I think he's got big... Is there a picture of it? I've got the paper here. I think he's sort of got big ears as well. But, but the point you're he making... Does. He's got big, he's got big ears. But the point you're making as well is Ratatouille is a deliberately cute character because Disney... Exactly. Sorry, Pixar were making the rat to be as sympathetic as possible and Rob, with his big eyes, has a sympathetic look. You mean Rishi? Sorry, Rishi, Rishi, Dishy Rishi, yes. Yeah. God, I'm bloody correct. Yeah, so you're right. I mean, he's, he's, he's on side, isn't he? He's he completely, is. He's just doing it. It's weird. Every time you pick up the paper, every morning you read up the paper, he goes, um, a billion pounds to left-handed people. Totally. Great. 
I I was writing on a show when that when he did his first budget. What was that March? And we were all very much. We were like, this guy is really good. <laughs> he's been. I mean, the guy's been yeah, one of the yeah. breakout. He's been one of the breakout people of, in what has been a you know a rough twenty twenty. Rishi Sunak is emerging as like this unlikely, dare I say it, hero. I mean, pe- you know, I know people on the left who really. I'm gonna get. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna get like him. I'm, I'm going to get a tattoo of him and he's a hero. I love it. Uh, you would not bat an eyelid if he was uh, prime minister in a few years time. That would be interesting because, yeah, because then how does he sort of maintain his, his hero like status when you, when you get in the hot seat? I tell you what, Do you think mate, he can... I imagine there's quite a few conservatives that are mentally picturing that that scenario with Sunak as PM yes and he's not sort of he's not got that thing you know you're not going to find him (laughs) I don't think you're going to find him hanging off a zip wire (laughs) (laughs) with his little union jack flags you know no, I totally agree. And he's not going to appear on a panel show saying things that he shouldn't be saying either. Yeah, so Boris has the, the Boris has the um, the misfortune of being pre pre internet, pre social media. So you can go back and get footage and articles because then you know there used to be a time when. You know, they, I mean, obviously the fra- the phrase was uh, I I would hear the phrase quite a lot eighteen months ago when I was in the papers. But fish, but, but the fish and um, it's it's tomorrow's fish and chip paper. You know this if you're in the paper, but nothing nothing is tomorrow's fish and chip paper. Nothing. Right. It's 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 it, it, it's it's forever, and he's fortunate enough to be sort of post. That 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 division. He's he's in the he's in he's been brought up in the political landscape in the forever land. Whereas Boris was on have I got news for you, saying, you know, basically no, admitting to cannabis and sort of um, implying that he had taken cocaine. I think, and that was just you know, and the only danger there would be maybe once a year it'd be on UK gold. That's right. That's absolutely right. It, yeah, so that yeah, he's very fortunate. Now, in terms of uh, you know, I me, mean, I put a positive spin on anything, but lo- but you know, we've been in touch through lockdown. And again, I know this sounds tone deaf out of context, given you know this is a global pandemic. But you've, am I right in thinking that you you found positives in in lockdown? Well, I think I, I think I think. I think most people have found positives, haven't they? Have you found positive? Yes. I mean, do you mean would I would I weigh the whole thing as a positive over a negative person? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> what you meant there is well, I tell you, I tell I genuinely answer the question. Uh, just answer the fucking question. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> I tell you, I genuinely. So, so what I mean by that is, I personally. Someone who's working too much, saying yes to everything. So on a personal level, the chance to press pause on life 
I hope I've made the most of that and I've seen more of my kids. So for me personally, yes. I will be totally candid. It's, I, I have, quote marks, en- enjoyed it. I've tried to make the most out of it. So I just wondered if the, if the same applied to you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, to be honest with you, when it was when when it was first going round that we might go into this lockdown, this lockdown was happening in other countries in Europe, and it happened in, in Wuhan and, and China, and I thought, I could really do with that. I was really sort of willing it on, please. <laughs> I just I want the world to stop. And I did. I, I just think it's been a wonderful break. I'm, and part of me misses early lockdown. Like, you know, the birth, I was waking up. It was amazing how my body, my body clock shifted. I was wake, I was going to sleep at like sort of 10, latest 11, waking up at six, was woken up by this, this is like film stuff. I was woken up in early lockdown by the same bird every morning as in uh, uh, yeah you know like an actual bird so you 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 had your <laughs> see i i've not even thought of that either um... well i just i just have to take in, in consideration that we've got there might be people listening that that thought that eat out to help out is something to do with cunnilingus so i have to go but for you guys i mean a literal bird with feathers and a beak not, <laughs> not a, a, a female human being. <laughs> Grow up. What a, t- what a time to be alive where you, uh, you have to make that abundantly clear. Um... <laughs> but then, you know, the birds, the bird, oh, waking up by, woken up by the birds, and I think there was something, and this might be unique to, to being a comedian, but I think a lot of people had it. You know, life... Life itself, on a day-to-day basis, is no matter who you are, it can. You know, it's full of things that you don't want to do necessarily on a daily basis. You don't always want to go to work. You don't want to always have to have that meeting. You don't want to always have to catch that train, leave the house when it's raining, spend the extra few quid on that lunch in prep that you had every day or you know get on the tube that's rammed because you have to be there at a certain time all of the stuff you don't want to do and the lockdown for me there was nothing in the day that I didn't want to do and that is by 21st century standards just just alien that's not experienced you don't you'll never get a chance to ever do that again ever and so that was a new sensation that we had that i had to sort of adjust to and it was extremely peaceful it was lovely it was a there was a calm and i found that i could that without the anxiety of a gig or what have you even a thing that i like like the doing stand up that's still you know, induces nerves and anxiety. Without that, I just found being awake a calmer experience. (laughs) But but the thing with you is material material falls off you. In my opinion, you cannot help but generate material. That is how good you are. You're at that 
that special Jedi level. And so I know that you that creatively, this has brought some great gear out of you, hasn't it? Well, the only gear that I've had to use was for your fantastic, the best online gig in the country. Thanks, Sean. Always be comedy. <laughs> uh, you, I mean, you mastered it. You mastered, you took a thing that evolved. There was this thing, people thought, right, we've got to do online comedy. We'll, we'll just sort of talk to the camera. People thought we could, that stand-up comedians could just do their sets that they do live with an audience down the down the, the down the barrel and that was just not working and only a few people can sort of master that and I think Russell Kane sort of does that professionally doesn't he on on Instagram he knows what he's doing he's great at that and and then you took that and you and did you did you actually can I ask did you start off was that how it started off ABC no, we so we the first few so any listeners who, who don't know always be comedy's been yeah. comedy comedy night in South London at the Tommy Field for nine years, and then when lockdown kicked in, we launched this online comedy night, and so for the mate Sean for the, the I don't know if I've told you this so the first few shows we were silenced because we had a run through with Zoom and it, we felt that silence was the best way. So the first few shows we were performing, to, you could see the front row, but you couldn't hear them. So like, you just, you like Ken and Jill, two of our regulars, they'd be very animated. You, you assumed that they were. Oh, asking. right. And then, you, you know whose idea it was to add the uh, audible crowd? Uh, flow. No. Flow off the curb. Romish's, uh, not just Romish's agent, I shouldn't say that, Susie's, Tom Allen's, Josh's, Ivo's, you know. and A, a comedy agent. I wish I'd just said a comedy agent. I missed off Rosie, <laughs> Charlie, and you know. um, yeah, a comedy agent. It was her, it was her idea, and so <laughs> now Flo is one of these people in comedy who re, you know when Flo talks, you listen. But so Flo said, "Why don't you have this audible front row?" And I was, oh, I'm not so sure, Flo. And she said, "Give it a try." And it, oh, I'm not what so- was the hesitation? James, James, what was the what was the hesitation with having the audible front row? Because we'd done a we'd got all our regulars on a Zoom chat and we had this tech run through, and it felt to us on the tech run through that every time someone so much as opened a bag of crisps, it would take the microphone away from the act. And so Flo said, "Just give it a try." So we gave it a try, and within one minute, I think I was messaging Flo to say, "Yeah, you were right." And so the, the, the trick is, ju- is just making sure that people are quiet apart from when they're laughing. But, you know, that's, that's fine. Yes, exactly. And it, wor- it worked tremendously. And I, I, I did I think of some things to say for that because I'd agreed to do it for you. And so we, we did it. And it was, um, it, was such a surpri- it was such a surprising amount of fun. I'd, I'll show you. This will be useless for the listener. Well, all the, okay, so I wanted to also take the opportunity um, of the lockdown to, to sort of not be a stand-up comedian. You'll see that when we first went into lockdown, perhaps even prematurely, a, a lot of comedians were taking to social media to say that how much they missed it because being a stand-up comedian was was them, and it was their their, their identity. 
I don't know if I feel like that, but I certainly didn't want to feel like that. And I thought, I just, I just don't want to, I don't have to gig now. I'm, I'm, I'm not a stand-up comedian. I'm just a bloke in, in lockdown. So I thought, I don't want to write. I don't want to think about the, the funny thing here. But what I will do, because it's still my job, is just keep, all I'll do is I'll just keep an account just keep an account of what is happening. Yeah. But because of the way that, that I'm not very, um, I'm not very neat, an account of what is happening will look like, and you could describe it, um, will look like this. So this is my account of the lockdown. Right. That Just to explain, I would say that if I was going to do a <laughs> movie set in Arkham Asylum... <laughs> And Commissioner Gordon, found, <laughs> if Commissioner Gordon found the scribblings of of an incarcerated Joker, that's what it would look like. But I mean, that's a very good description. Yes. So, so this is just all the key words, all the sort of key points, any sort of maybe what people would dub an observation about people's behaviour during this, I will just simply write it down. So when it got to the day where we had to do 10 minutes for you, I just looked at my Joker-style pieces of paper and went, right, which bits, what happened, that? Oh, yeah, that was funny, and then said it. (laughs) What, so so you you were riffing off the back of those notes? Uh, no, no, no. So, so, uh, no, 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 no. So, so here it says... The, the reason class. why I say that is because, yeah. right, so your set was extraordinary. I mean, it was, it was TV ready. <laughs> it was fun. It was certainly fun. But so, so, so there it says the clap. Yeah? Yep. So, so, so then... If you, I mean, I, I know you've done so many gigs, so you might not remember, but at the beginning, I just discussed the clap. Yeah. So that, that was just that. That's incredible. <laughs> but no, the reason why I think that's incredible. Is, but don't, don't forget that, you know, as you know, a lot of acts will, will type out verbatim what they intend to say and memorise it. Whereas, are you, are you more just a, more of a naturalistic performer? Yeah. No, 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 uh, no, uh, I, no. I do, I do, I, I do know what I'm going to say, but I just think you know, the, me typing up, typing up is completely useless for me when it comes to stand up because I do, I do sometimes, occasionally, I'll do a bit of writing for some. I don't really know why, but I'll do that, and I'll and I'll write scripts. But my, I don't know if you have this. I'm sure you do. I think most people have this. But my writing voice, my typewriter voice, let's call it, my keyboard voice, is extremely different from my sort of train of thought, my, my actual talking voice. They're very, they're very different. So if I, was to ty- if I was to suddenly start typing stand-up and then I went and sort of performed what I typed, it wouldn't be what, what it is. It wouldn't to be what you sort of know me as so that's so that so i don't so i stay away from that i agree and completely then, yeah 
And then also the key for me is what do you... The key for me is what do you think about the thing? So that's always the key. So the clap and then just what do you think about the clap and then whatever you think about the clap is the stand-up. That's it. Amazing. And you, no, it is. That's fascinating. So you like that. So let's, for example, if you were to do, I'm just going to pick quite a generic thing that's been done before. So let's say you were going to talk about uh, the the time that you spend at the airport before you get on the plane. Now I've picked that because Jerry Seinfeld has got a bit about you know eleven dollars for a tuna sandwich. You know, um, so would you if you were thinking about that? Would you literally just write down the thing that you think about the airport, and then that is the bit. Yes, and, 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 and yeah, and obviously, by the way, but you know, it's not as simple as that because you there has to be some editorial. You know, you can you can think as much as you want about the bit before the plane. Obviously, the bit that I keep is the funny bit. That's how you find the funny bit. So, so I suppose it's a combination of what do I think about the bit before the plane? Now, out of all of the bit that I think about the plane, what's the funny bit that I think about before the plane? Right, that's the standard. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, good, man. I mean, that's what stand-up is. That's what. Well, it's not. That's what. That's why. That's what everyone's doing. Now, I'm just explaining what everyone's doing. I don't know if I don't look. I don't think everyone I, is doing that though, because I, I mean, some people. And again, I'm. I, I don't. Know, I'm not ruining things for for people. Obviously, some stand-ups are doing, say, anecdotes on things that may or may not have happened to them. That's true. But I've got no. Yes, that's that's true. But I've got no interest in. Yeah, that's true. Do you know what? I don't even really know how they do that, and I've got no interest in in doing that. I don't mind. I I I, I respect the craft of doing that. It's amazing. You know, you don't want to name someone because it sounds like you're. No, I'm definitely not going to name like someone. You're, you're, but for example, they. No, again, it sounds like a geography. It sounds like uh, I made a geometry comment. Where you're sort of slagging them off for going to the truth. I'm not saying that. No. But what, what, yeah, there are those comedians that do that. But I actually think that although I don't personally probably want to watch that as a as a as a punter, but as a comedian, I think, wow, well done. Like that's that's amazing that you can do that. I think I think it's in Alan Carr's first autobiography, he says something like you've got to realise that the audience have a better inbuilt bullshit detector than you perhaps realise. And I, I think about that all the time. I can always tell when an audience is collectively thinking that absolutely did not happen. Yes. Yes. Sorry. I didn't say anything because I was thinking about the nature of jokes. And I, I think it was Josie Long that once said... I think I read Josie Long say this many, many years ago. It was one of those ones that sticks with you, like you say with the, the Alan Carr quote. It really stuck with me, which is what a I think I th- it's, this isn't verbatim. It's something like this: that basically a joke is like a piece of truth, and then the punchline is the lie. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, and I really and I loved that, and I thought if you can get, if you can get that right when you tell a joke, like an actual joke, 
what you've got to, is what you've got. Basically, because I think you're given a comedic or artistic license because the setup is true. So then, the when you tell the punchline, which is a lie, that's the joke. That's the joke. Like I know I'm lying, and you know I'm lying, but that's the joke. So it's okay. <laughs> whereas, whereas sometimes you get yeah the comedian where the full thing, the whole sort of story and the whole anecdote is all sort of completely made up, and then and then it's difficult to once once you're aware once you're aware of that, it's basically impossible. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code Listen to get fifty dollars off your purchase of five hundred dollars or more. That's code Listen at BlueNile.com for fifty dollars off your purchase. BlueNile.com code Listen. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Or to then, to then be entertained by that, I think. Because what I always think is, with that, I'd love to know, I wonder how you could get the answer to this without sort of destroying the audience's dreams, is say there is a comic, whatever, there's this, we've got a made-up comic that we, we're using as an example, who goes on and she or he... Let's call him James Walsh. Yes, perfect. James Walsh tells a completely fabricated story about something um, unlikely and uh, (laughs) coincidentally happening to him in a butcher's, right? And it smashes it, right? Do the audience that are really laughing at that if you tell them at the end, you know, none of that happened. That's all completely made up. Have you ruined it for them? Do you think you, that you've ruined it? I've been in a room where a comedian has done a, I'll tell you afterwards, has done a long routine about a thing that happened to them and it was so believable. Um, every step along the way was believable and it, it's it's quite a relatable. You can imagine it happening, and then they got they did the punchline, and it's a lovely bit. And then they took a pause, and then they said, "By the way, that whole thing is totally made up." And it was like the audience had been told that their dad was having an affair. Yes, the, the, right. You could you could touch the betrayal. Yes, and and I've seen the acts do that routine again. And they didn't include the, that was all made up. Yes. 
because they learned, I think, right. that it wasn't worth upsetting the crowd. But they so so it still worked. Then that they revealed it was made up. So the so it's something interesting is happening because the audience are now disappointed. They're now at present they're disappointed, but they were they they still enjoyed it. They still had the experience of enjoying it, and and then it was ruined. But I'm what I want to know is, which you, I don't know if you can know is. If you take James Walsh and you say, but you say to the crowd as they're going in to watch James Walsh, he's going to tell this story about being in a butcher's and a big coincidence happens. It's all very unlikely. It's, it, it, it's all completely made up. None of it happened. Please enjoy. You. You surely can't be laughing at anything James Walsh is saying about being in the butchers, can you? But then it then it depends. Then it depends on the. I mean, the performance is going to have to be spectacular. And, and also, the difference is, yeah, but he's saying it. But he's saying it. But the problem is, he's saying it happened. And the rewrite. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. They, sure, sure, sure. It worked. It worked. The reason they were laughing is because that's such a big coincidence for that thing to happen in the butchers. But now you're saying, he's saying, James Walsh is saying that this huge thing was a coincidence. But it wasn't a coincidence because it didn't happen. And he's contrived this coincidence. But that's not funny because now the coincidence didn't happen. So what are you laughing at? Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and also, it, what's true of both of them, whether it's before and after, the key thing is the trust has gone. And once the trust has gone you're not believing a thing that's coming out of that person's mouth. To the extent where you're almost like counting down the time, get the next act on. Yes. So, so, so it means that when James Walsh and and, and the style of, of, of James Walsh, when comedians are using the style of James Walsh, it means that the audience do believe that, that, that very unlikely tale. Yeah. It's, it's um, totally fascinating. Yeah. It's totally bonkers. It's totally, great. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I, I totally love it. Um, so we, once, but I guess once we are fully out of this and gigs are back, you are, you must feel raring to go. Oh, I don't think I do. No, hang on. No, I, hang, I don't think I... Um, I never feel raring to go. Really? No. Have I ever given that impression? I never... Yes. Given, oh, okay. Well, I've given that impression before. I said, I said this to you recently, before that gig. I said okay. it to you and Joe Caulfield. I said the thing... Because Joe said something... Joe made a joke. She, 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 she's not joking. But she made a joke about you being lazy or something like that. And I said... <laughs> No, the trick with Sean is he gives off the impression of being lazy while actually doing all the work. And I think that, and, and so I, so sometimes if you turn up to a gig and you have the air of a man who's making out like they don't want to be there, but I always think secretly, yeah, you do. Because then when I watch you on stage and the giveaway with you, mate, is the little, you do a little smirk. <laughs> and, I can t- and I can tell you, maybe, maybe you don't even know you're doing it, but whenever you smirk, 
or you do a little chuckle under your breath, I always think he's absolutely loving this. Well, I watched back. It's funny you say that because I, um, I, I didn't watch it back, but I posted the ABC gig that we did. Because I thought, well, you're probably never going to be able to use this again. I might as well just post it. Yeah. So I post it. And at the beginning, when the audience are laugh, uh, clapping, I do a smile. And the smile is, it's very, um, what do you call it? I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to resist it. Yeah. And I, and I, I can say, oh, God, you're, you're actually really happy to, to be there. And you're trying to not be, <laughs> be happy to be there. Um, yes, but that's different from saying are you sort of raring to go. No, I'm not. Ra- I'm, I don't think. I don't think I'm. A- the only times I'm ever raring to go is if it's a big show. So, like if it's like the Apollo or it's Royal Albert Hall, then I'm just so, so like uh, so that I, I just can't wait and I just so excited. But generally speaking, I'm not n- normally raring to go. <laughs> But that's great to be up for it for the Albert Hall and so on. Yes. It's so exciting and so absolutely ridiculous that you're going to be to be doing that and that many people laughing. And that's why you do it. That's why you want to do it to as many people as possible and all of that stuff. So it's just so exciting. Because I don't that doesn't mean that you don't enjoy that doesn't mean that you don't enjoy playing in a comedy club or in, enjoy a, a sort of smaller tour show. But it does mean that you're not, like, excited. You know? I don't want to put... I don't want to make it sound like I don't want to be there, but you know what I mean? It's, I know what you mean. I think, Christ, it's fair to say you're, you're, you're more excited about playing the Royal Albert Hall than you are going back to doing... to try out your stuff about the lockdown once you're out. Do you, that's one thing I wanted to ask you, actually. Do you think, I mean, no one knows the answer, really. Do you think the, cra- the crowds will love listening to lockdown humour or will it be like the new Brexit in that? I mean, I remember one night very clearly in my mind, I won't say where it was, but there was, there was one gig in particular where the third of three acts talked about Brexit and I, I, I could literally hear the audience collectively go... Oh, as if to say, fuck, not this again. Do you think, do you, which way do you think lockdown will go? I think it will. I th- uh, the, the, the boring answer is, it will, the boring answer is it will eventually be that. Yeah. The first, the first you know, like, for, so what I mean by that is, Oh, it's a difficult one because so the first night back, say yeah. say they open up the say this Monday they open up the comedy store and for some reason there's a special vaccine in the club that means everyone can sit in and it's it's round. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like it's the first night back, so the compare is going to go on and talk about the lockdown. The first act's going to go on and mention the lockdown. The second act will go and mention the lockdown. And now it's like, well, the, the last person on, pardon me, like, I suppose it's where you've got to try and, I suppose, 
I suppose it's where you've got to try and just make it. About, the di- okay, here's the difference. Here's the difference. Here's the main difference. Brexit was not something that was. Um, so it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily experienced. You didn't experience Brexit. I didn't experience Brexit. We sort of witnessed it by reading the paper and checking our phones. I sort of did stand up about this in a way about it was just something you read about. It never really it doesn't really happen. Yeah. You read you read on the in the paper that it says the you know the country is in a meltdown, chaos, the divided country. And you go, well, it's divided when I open Twitter. But it's not divided when I go to the shop and do the shopping and get on the tube and go and meet my mate at the cafe and come back. There's no division that I'm experiencing. So, so you can only really have sort of, comedically, you can only really have angles on Brexit, like comedic angles. Now, comedic angles can become exhausting. You just go on Twitter, all the comedic angles are there. But what can't become exhausted is your own personal account of the lockdown. And if comedians were going on and all giving and all telling the funny way that the lockdown affected them, well, then that's just life. Then you're just, you're not even really talking, you're talking about being alive for a period. So I think it has more longevity than Brexit. And that's uh, that's a, a a perfect answer. I, I totally, I'm not, I, I'd not i not even realised that until you said it. But I think you're you're absolutely right. I mean, what what's what what are your own plans with the tour once lockdown is up? Have, have you got what's the you know people want to go see you? By the way, I would urge anyone who's not been to a Sean Walsh tour show to to buy a ticket. It's one of the most joyous experiences you can go through. You know, this is one of the greatest stand ups of, of of all time. How do how do people? <laughs> how do people? How dare you? It's such a fake. Uh, I, know I know your back catalogue better than you know it. Um, how do people buy a ticket? You're a great salesman. There was, one, there was one night. It's on. This is on. This is on the internet. But there was one night. So Sean and I have got this long running joke where every time I'm MC and he's on after he's been on, I will say, you know the voice of the people, you know, that sort of thing. And Sean, Sean's often in the wings going, shut up. And the, the, that night, another actor, <laughs> another actor being on called Nigel, <laughs> another actor being on called Nigel on, and uh, Sean Walsh had just been on. And I said, you know, huge round of applause, one of the greatest comedians of a generation. And you shouted, fuck off. And the crowd laughed. <laughs> and fu- I didn't miss a beat. And I went, Nigel on. <laughs> Do you remember? Very good. Very right. good. Yeah. I just realised what a terrible anecdote this is because I come out of. <laughs> but no. Right. What I mean is, I mean, I, I mean, you it was know very I, good. You know that I mean every word. You know that I mean every word. So what? What's the plan for the? What's the plan for the tour? Well, the tour was going to be a just sort of. It was a tour extension. It was just going to be a greatest hits tour. Because, um, oh, you know, because I was doing this show about streaming. You just want to put that behind you. And so I wanted to do the greatest hits. I, the greatest hits tour. Because I didn't, because I didn't want to have to sort of have the pressure of 
after quite a heavy 18 months, then writing a new show. But then I just did keep on sort of popping into uh, Top Secret, which is a sort of, it's on, it's on daily. So sorry to plug another comedy club on your, on your podcast, James. I feel very bad, but it's on every day. So, so I could just pop in. Um, I have the privilege of being able to pop in and, and sort of tend to be able to get on to try anything out that pops into my head. So then it was like, okay, well, the show is now going to be actually some new stuff with some greatest hits. Uh, and, and also a bit of that Strictly show. Um, uh, and then... And then obviously there's the lockdown. So the show will be, it will have lockdown, it will have new stuff oh, that I think I've now posted online, so maybe not new stuff. And then some um, stuff that you might have seen on telly, some favourite bits maybe. And then a bit of, maybe a bit of the Strictly stuff, maybe not. And it should be good. And it should be good because... I think I think I think I sort of think everyone will be back to not back to their best, but I'm not saying I'm raring to go. I'm not saying I'm raring to go. I I, I refuse to to, to to state that I'm raring to go, but I'm sure it will be. I will be very happy to be back on stage when I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I say this as a, I say this as a friend. You're, I think I think lockdown has been, and I, and I say this about myself as well. But I think it's been a, it's been a good thing for you as a as a human, though, hasn't it? I think you're in a you're in a, a, a good place, if you like. I think I think so. I think so. I think I've I've I've, I've been. I've, it's, it's, I don't know what you. I mean, you've got kids, the children. And the wife, but I've been cooking, and I never really cooked before. I didn't cook before, and I cook all the time. I cook every day. I look forward to cooking. I've been learning the guitar. I've been exercising. I've been sort of doing the things. I've been looking after myself, and and it's been, and it's been, it's just been quite a pleasant. That's why I don't. I'm in a good place. I'm fuck. I mean, fuck yeah. I'm in a better place than I was last year. That's the weird thing is that 2020 is this horrific year, but for, for you know for the world, but for me that was my 2019. I've done that. <laughs> this is for me. This is nothing <laughs> compared to last year. Um, are you? Have you been? Have you been meditating? What have you been doing on, lock, on lockdown in that regard? Have you been doing... I know you keep fit. What, what else have you been doing? There's been a bit... Actually, do you know what? If I'm honest, I've cut down on, on the meditation. I just... It was weird. I didn't decide to stop. I just sort of forgot about the meditation. But I was enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I decide... I've been reading. I'll tell you, actually, if there are any comedy fans listening i really recommend uh the late jeremy hardy's book jeremy hardy speaks volumes what a what a just absolutely delightful book it's not an autobiography it's a i think all comedians should do it it's transcripts of of his work of his stand-up of the things he said on news quiz 
of, of the things that he said on, on several other, you know, of his own radio shows. It speaks to the nation and, and whatnot. And well, just an amazing book. And, and, you know, you really get to know him, but through his comedy, through the comedy mind, purely through the, the funny way in which he thinks. It's such a, a wonderful way of, of, of getting to know his work. Just, he was just so brilliant. He was just, I really recommend it. It's, it's laugh out loud funny. Really hard, I think. I don't think, I'm not, I'm not just, um, I'm not putting myself down because I don't, this isn't a problem. But I don't think I really produce stand-up that would be funny to read. That's fine. It's not, that's not its purpose. It's to be witnessed live. But his, his work, it just reads so well and it's, it just had such a fantastic way of looking at the, the world. You really felt, you know, that, you know the stereotype of the comedian sat on the outside looking in. He really wasn't. Jeremy, I think he really was that. And he wasn't, you know, he was a very, um, you know, active left-wing political voice. Yeah. And, and yet in his comedy, it was still still self-deprecating and it still would poke fun at the left as well as poking fun at the right. And I said to Mark Steele, I said that it wasn't that the, the right were wrong and the left were right or the left were right and the, the, the right were wrong. It, it, it was that, that you were all wrong and that he was right. And that, I thought, was wonderful. I thought that's a wonderful way of looking at it, to, to take the position that the way that all human beings are operating is, is absolutely wrong and how they should be doing it is the way I'm doing it, which is such a funny... That's, the, you know, that's just such a great place to create comedy when you're as clever and as funny as he was. Um, Sean, thank you. I, I will thank you very much for your time. I will say that Jeremy uh, clearly left uh, an indelible mark on you, and you, my he friend, did. you, my friend, have left a, a similar mark on myself. So, thank you for that. <laughs> oh, people must vomit when they listen to this. They must throw up projectile vomit on tubes. I. I, I, Disgusting. I, I said something earnest on Twitter the other day and Sean, Sean put underneath, you make me sick. <laughs> you do. Sean's, Sean's, lovely, comment, Sean's comment was liked by some of the most influential people in comedy. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. You're a delight. You're an absolute delight. So are you, you Sean. Bring- you bring happiness to basically everyone that you come in contact with. And that is a, that is a wonderful thing to have, I think. Well, thanks very much, Sean. So uh, tickets on Sean's website, seanwalsh.com. Probably. Or is it I'll just type Sean Walsh into Google, yeah. We'll hyperlink it. We'll hyperlink it on the podcast. Uh, thank you so much. I love you very much. And thanks for everything down the years. <laughs> I love you. I'll speak to you in a minute. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks, Sean. Brilliant. Bye. Huge thanks to Sean. It's funny, uh, a friend of mine, Ashling B, had tweeted some old uh, old pictures from, from live comedy. I, got, I, I think I used to... I, nostalgia used to be a real hobby of mine. And I know it's quite, um, quite a dangerous thing, isn't it, nostalgia? You know, it makes you feel nice. But I think if you, if you look back too much, I... I this is just my opinion. 
uh, I think it can be a little bit dangerous to, to live in, to spend too much time in the past. So I, it, it was very rare for me, but I, I got a bit nostalgic the other day and, and ended up looking through old photos from old gigs and uh, found a few from Shawnee for across the past 10 years. It was, it was lovely, but a reminder of what a terrific talent he is. So uh, as I say, Sean will, he is, he is on tour once tours are allowed and uh, we've hyperlinked his, uh, his URL, I should have said website, so you, so you can uh, you can buy tickets to see Sean. One of the very best, and as I say, certainly one of the funniest. Huge thanks to Sean. If you've enjoyed this episode, please spread the word. I mean, neither was expected to talk about Rishi Sunak in, 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 with such love and admiration, but we did. Um, spread the word, tell your friends. We are at uh, Balance LDN. I'm at... James Gill comedy. Sean is also playing one of our uh, online nights. Oh, we were featured. We're on the BBC. We were on the BBC. Always be comedy. I'll tell you what, I'll hyperlink that as well. Why not? Um, yeah, that was uh, that was something else. And, uh, and thanks to those of you who've, who've been coming to the Always Be Comedy online nights. It means a lot. Very grateful. Uh, take care. Uh, take care and speak soon. Hope you will. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.